Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Megan. Yes, ma'am. I have got Scott Deluzio for you. Oh, good. I sure did enjoy uh, Joe Ellis. Isn't he fun? I love him. Yes. Hold on one second. Thank you. Here comes Scott. Okay. Uh, you're connected to Bill Edwards. Great. Thanks. Who are? How are you? All right. From an old Signal Corps captain, salute. All right. Yeah, thank you for your service to our country, Scott. And I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you very much. And so sorry about your loss. Yes, uh, thank you. Appreciate that. It is an honor and a pleasure to be talking with the author of Surviving Son, an Afghan war veteran revealing his nightmare becoming a gold star brother. And uh, Scott, uh, it's uh, Scott Deluzio. It, it is a it, Deluzio. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Where are you? I'm actually in Arizona right now. Okay, all right, sir. Uh, Scott, uh, we um, uh, I think uh, 9/11, of course, uh, changed the world, and we all, sure. you know, uh, we all got a dose of uh, of patriotism. Uh, during World War II, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, that lasted for a long time. Uh, after 9/11, it lasted about two weeks. But nevertheless, for people like you, uh, it was it was um, and and me for that matter, uh, it was something that you you thought uh, had to be defended. And you, oh um, for sure, yeah. you, you and your you and your uh, your only brother and only sibling uh, decided to sign up. Where do we go from there? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, my brother and I were raised in a very patriotic family, and after 9-11 happened, we, we both uh, joined the military. Um, he was in the Vermont Army National Guard. I was in the Connecticut Army National Guard. But both of our our, our units were part of the same brigade. So um, in 2010, we all were deployed together to Afghanistan. The entire brigade was was sent over there. And that's that's where my brother Stephen was tragically killed uh, during that deployment while we were both deployed over there, and uh, it, it was it was a traumatic event, you know, in my, in my life. It was you know the absolute worst day of of my life. Well, and, yeah. Um, you know, I, I and, and, and I uh, wrote about it in this book, uh, Surviving Son, that that you you mentioned earlier, uh, and I and I talk about my experiences over there and and you know kind of what happened and. And you know what happened to him, and and everything like that, and and it's uh, you know just a uh, difficult, difficult story. But I felt like it needed to be told because uh, I I wanted people out there to understand you know the the complexities and of, of war, and and also to know that you know it's real people who are out there fighting these wars, and and know that you know there, there are names and faces to uh, you know the 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 death count that that goes on you know exactly uh ironically uh you and uh, your brother Stephen were in the same battle were you not he was killed in the same in the same battle that you were in is that correct uh no that's not that's not correct he, oh, okay. he was killed on the same day uh oh, okay. that i was i was in a firefight but he was he was uh you know miles away from from where i was 
Um, and so his unit had gone out and they conducted a, a mission in, in a village nearby where, where they were stationed. And uh, he was he was killed in in, in an ambush, uh, kind of in that initial attack. And uh, I found out later on uh, that that he was killed. And uh, shortly after finding out that he was killed, my own unit uh, came under attack from the Taliban as well. And so it, it was just a, you know, just a horrific day. Boy, I'll bet. I, I can only imagine. Scott, I, I, I served. I served in the Vietnam era. I did not go. I don't know the horrors of, of, uh, of what, uh, of battle, of, you know, bullets whistling by and wondering and whether or not you're going to see the sun set or the sun rise again. Um, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, so I, I can't I can't put myself in your place. I can only know that uh, you. Uh, I can imagine how, how horrifying this would be. So you come home, and from these hostile war zones, and and it it may have an effect. We used to call it shell shock, and now we have combat, right. loss of your only sibling. How did you start dealing with that? Not very well. You know, when I first came home, uh, we we all had to go through mandatory mental health screenings when we come home, and I. Mm-hmm. There was just a stigma around whoever who who uh, couldn't deal with any of this. So, you know, I I lied through my teeth when I when I went through these, these mental health screenings, and I, you know, I, I lied to them. I told them I wasn't wasn't drinking too much, and I that I was sleeping just fine, and you know that I wasn't you know my anger wasn't getting out of control or you know anything like that. And and I just I just kept lying through all of these screenings, and they they checked the box and said I was fine, and and I was just passed through. But I wasn't fine, and I was drinking too much, and I wasn't sleeping enough, and I, I, my, my anger was getting out of control, and it just it wasn't who I wanted to be, and it wasn't who, you know, my, my family needed to me to be. So eventually, I took it upon myself to go to uh, the vet center where uh, it's affiliated with the VA, and, and they, they provide counseling services there, and um, and I, I went there to to get the help that I needed and get start start my road to recovery on, on this, uh, uh, from this traumatic event that had taken place. And, you know, it, it helped for a while. And then, you know, I stopped going because I figured, you know, I'm, I'm all set. I'm, I'm cured and I don't need to keep going to this. But, you know, then I, I noticed myself starting to slip back in some of those old habits. And, and then I went back, uh, you know, a few years later and, you know, continued to, to get the help that, that I needed. And I, I think that's an important thing for people to understand is that, you know, mental health is just like your, your physical health, mm-hmm. where every once in a while you might need to go for a checkup, you know, and, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're crazy or that you're, you know, anything <laughs> is wrong with you. Exactly. It's just, sometimes you just need, you, you just need to go in for, for a little checkup and, and, and have someone, you know, take a look at what, what's going on with you and, yeah. and let you know that everything's okay or not. We used know. to call it the checkup from the neck up. You know, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and, and, and it interesting, Scott, that if you had a heart problem or a kidney problem, you wouldn't hesitate to go to a cardiologist or a urologist. But going to a psychiatrist, right. I always used to say, you know, somebody said, you know, anybody who goes to a psychiatrist needs their head examined. I said, well, you know, that at least they're consistent in their philosophy. But it it it, it, <laughs> it, it should not have that stigma. Uh, I've I've had therapy, right. and and it was and it was and it did one. It wasn't PTSD. It was something else. But it did wonders for me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be nearly as well off now as if I had not had it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that's one of the things that this generation of of 
soldiers and, and Marines and everything, the post 9-11 era, uh, what we're starting to realize is, is that it's okay to go and get help. And I think a lot of the previous generations, they just kind of stigmatized the mental health thing. And they, they just made this culture where it wasn't acceptable to go and get treatment. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're doing a better job now at that, but I, I think more work needs to be done in that area. So yeah. that people feel comfortable that they're, they're, you know, especially in the military, that their chain of command is supportive of, of people going and, and doing what is necessary to, to get better, the help that get the help that they need and, and to uh, really focus on, uh, the well-being of of the individual soldiers and uh, under their command, you know, and not make it so that they're worried that they're going to lose their their job or their rank or anything like that. Yeah, right. We're talking with uh, Scott Deluzio. He is uh, author of Surviving Son, an Afghan war veteran revealing his nightmare of becoming a gold star brother. And uh, 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 Scott, put your helmet on. I'm going to tell you a war story. Um, I did uh, okay. I uh, did uh, television sports for years, but I also did in the radio job that I have now, making fun of liberals. I um, the 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 Jewish VFW was having its national convention here years ago, and one of the World War II vets that I talked to um, said that uh, it for years he had PTSD. We called it shell shock then, and and he had the the nightmares. He went through everything that that you were going through. He had liberated a concentration camp. And he could not believe the horror that he saw of bodies lying on top of each other and, and these people that were just emaciated uh, and, 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 you know, and, and in such poor health if they were alive. And he couldn't talk about it. Finally, his grandson came to him and said, Granddaddy, unless you tell these stories, they're going to die with you. People will never know about them. And, when he, and, and so he got up the courage to tell the story, and he said that was the therapy he needed. That and now he's couldn't wow. shut. Now he can't shut up about it. And and you <laughs> and, 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 and you writing this book, Surviving Son. I guess this was a part of therapy for you too, was it not? Yeah, in a way, it was. Uh, you know, I didn't initially start off with it uh, being a, a form of therapy for me, but I found the process to be therapeutic uh, for me to mm-hmm. to get the, the words out there and and tell the story. And I, I think you know that that story that you just told was was absolutely correct and. You know the the people from you know back in the World War II, World War One, Civil War, earlier wars throughout our, our nation's history, they didn't have access to publishing the way we do today. You know, it, oh, no. it really doesn't cost you much to be able to publish a book today if you go and self-publish and, and everything. It, it's really a, a pretty straightforward process, and it, it's it's cheap too to be able to do that. And so I'm very fortunate in that I I was able to to publish this book, and you know it didn't didn't cost me an exorbitant amount of money to do but back then it, it, that was not the case it cost a lot of money to to have books published and and so a lot of stories went untold and you know or if they were told they were they just lived in the minds of whoever was around to hear them and then eventually those stories died and so we don't have the individual you know the private on the the battle of gettysburg you know what he experienced yeah. you know we don't have his story you know kicking around so I thought it was important to tell the story because even for a historical purpose, I, I want my story, my brother's story, to live longer than me, and so that future generations will be able to maybe take some lessons away from my experiences. Well, to a degree, Scott, you you have made you and your brother immortal by doing this. Yeah, 
and 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 if people will read this a hundred years from now, or whatever. I I have a collection of actually Time Life some years ago pu- published of these books that were letters from s- some Civil War soldiers, and and some of them said things like, "Mother, I hope you never see what I've seen." And they, they told these horrible stories right. back back to home and things of that nature. So, so, so Scott, uh, you have uh, what you have done for your country cannot be repaid uh, adequately. But it says here your homecoming was not the hero's welcome that you deserved. And at least you know today, I'm glad to see that we that we uh, have a better homecoming for our soldiers. I mean, you're talking to the most loyal and patriotic portion of the world. I'm thinking, you know, we're the home of the First Ranger Battalion here. Uh, Fort Stewart's right, right up the street with the 3rd Infantry Division. We're across the river from Paris Island and the Marine Corps Air Station, Beaufort. Just down the road is the naval t- submarine, the n- nuclear naval submarine base. Uh, we have the 165th Airla- Airlift Wing here that supplies you guys with all your, your stuff. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and, and of course, the Coast Guard. Uh, I mean, so, so you know, everybody's here. And and uh, we love our yeah. military here. So we we love you. We love your story. And we love what you've done for this country, but we can't adequately repay it. But what's this about you not getting the welcome that you deserved? Well, you know what? It, I think the the welcome that I, I, you know, perhaps you know deserved was, uh, you know, not for a lack of trying. You know, I, I I flew in through the Atlanta airport, and anyone, any service member who's ever gone through that airport on their way home from leave or from a deployment or whatever knows that there are ton, there were tons of supporters there. Uh, who were welcoming the troops back home, and and I experienced that. But I want, and, and I feel bad for even saying this because there's probably some people who are listening in this area who might have been a part of that uh, that time period. But I didn't want to have anything to do with it because I, when I came home, it was immediately after my brother's death, and I just wanted to be left alone. And I didn't, I did, I just wanted to blend into the crowd, which was nearly impossible to do wearing army fatigues and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know pretty... walking through through the airport. Sure. But but I, I just I just wanted to, to be left alone. And uh, when I came home, it was uh, it was two news vans lining up and down my my parents' street, uh, looking for a story on what had happened with my brother. And at first, my my first reaction was I, I don't want to talk to these people. You know, the, these these people are like vultures out out for a story. And I, I felt like I was I was the prey that was getting picked on. Um, but then I also thought. If I don't, if we don't go out there and tell my brother's story, um, you know, we're we're going to end up. His his memory is going to end up fading away, and and no one will really get to know who he was. And so we went out there and we told the stories, and and it was it was hard to do. It was hard to to get up every day, and we answered all of the media requests that came in. We we talked to everybody, and and it was there was no pomp and circumstance that that went on. There was no no homecoming parades or you know anything like that for mm-hmm. for me and you know the, the things that you typically would would associate with with you know a wartime you know you know homecoming and, and things like that it was for me it was it was very much um you know clouded by the the loss of my brother and and so i had that hanging over me the entire time and and I never really felt the the joy or of the homecoming. Like I, I wasn't happy to be home because I knew that that meant in a few days I'm gonna have to bury my brother, and like it, there was there was no happiness uh, mm-hmm. surrounding that. Well, yeah, I can understand. Uh, we're talking with uh, the author of Surviving Son, Scott Deluzio. Scott, how um, 
How close did you come to um, killing yourself? You know, so I I was in Afghanistan, and after finding out about my my brother's loss, uh, I I didn't realize it at the time, but I was on a suicide. It was not suicidal uh, at all. Mm-hmm. I I I wanted to fight to live. Um, you know, when when we got thrown into that firefight, I, I wanted to live. I didn't want my parents to get another knock on the door, Bless your uh, heart. saying that another child w- was killed. Oh. Um, you know, but but I was never left alone either. You know, mm-hmm. and so someone was always there just in case. You know, that I, I had that moment of weakness. Uh, you know, where I I, I couldn't handle it or, or whatever, and so someone was always there. And so the army was good about that, and they they made sure that I, I was never left alone, that someone was always kind of around me, making sure that I was okay. When, uh, when I finally got to a base where I was safe and away from the, the combat situation, uh, all my weapons and anything, you know, lethal that I might've had on me was, was taken away. And so still stayed with me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they, they hung out with me and made sure that I was, I was safe and that everything was, was okay with me. And so, you know, I, at home, I had, uh, you know, a wife and a newborn child and, and I wanted to live for them. I wanted to live for my parents. I wanted to, I wanted to live. And, Excellent. you know, it, it was a struggle at times, you know, because it, you know, it, it's a lot of, that's a lot of baggage to be carrying around with you and it, and it does get hard, but, but I wanted to get better for them, uh, so that I, I could keep, you know, doing good for them. Yeah, survivor's guilt type thing that, that happens, I guess, to 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 all of us. You know, why him and not why why wasn't it me instead of sure. him or whatever? Uh, Scott Deluzio with us. Scott, uh, are are you um, uh, a, a good uh, friend of mine now? And we we stay in touch with each other. Uh, started something called Companions for Heroes. His name is David Sharp. He was from Air Force. Uh, he had the he had the gun in his mouth twice, with his finger mm-hmm. on the trigger about to end it all uh, for a lot of his friends were, were uh, committing suicide around him and he had PTSD. He was over there uh, in a, in a special forces unit that the air force had and uh, his, his uh, service dog came in and started licking his face at this, at the same yeah. and, and the strangest thing was that the second time the dog did it, he had locked the door. He doesn't to, to this day, he doesn't know how the dog got in. And, wow. and he uh, he started this thing where Companions for Heroes, where you adopt, uh, he, he suggests these people that uh, that have severe PTSD adopt a pet from a from a shelter. He said you save two lives, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a, it's a great organization, and and you're helping by helping veterans struggling with the impact of war. You've got this drive on podcast. Please tell we're heavily into shameless self promotion here, Scott. So please tell us <laughs> tell us all about it. Yeah, I mean the, the story that you you told there, you know, is not uncommon, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I started the the podcast, the Drive On Podcast, because I personally knew several veterans who who came back home from overseas and took their lives due to PTSD or the stresses of combat or wh- whatever was going on with them. And and when you do the research and you look into how many uh, service members or veterans are are struggling with mental health issues, the numbers are are absolutely staggering. And so. I, I wanted to help out. I didn't want to just sit around waiting for another phone call saying that another friend had taken their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I started this podcast because I wanted to, to get out and reach as many people as I could. And I thought, you know, a podcast is a great way. As long as you you know can have access to the internet, you basically can get access to the podcast and, and you can listen to it anywhere in the world, you know, uh, however you want to listen to it. So um, so I started the podcast to tell stories of other veterans who 
struggled with with one thing or another. Maybe it was PTSD. Maybe it was substance abuse. Maybe it was, you know, losing their job or homelessness or, or whatever. And talk about how they they overcame those struggles and and came through on the other side of of those struggles. And by telling those stories. I am giving hope to the the other people, the listeners who may be struggling in silence and maybe think that they're all alone in this. And sometimes all you need to know is that you're not alone, that someone else has has gone through this Mm -hmm. and that when you hear these stories, you're like, you know what, I I think I can, I can handle this. I can get through this. uh, I can get through this too. Um, And we also talk about, you you know, other nonprofit organizations or or service providers for uh, things that help out veterans. They they provide services. Maybe it's an art therapy program or or something along those lines where where it actually will will help veterans. And we talk about these unique and innovative ways that people are coming up with to help out veterans with the struggles that they're going through. And when you think you've tried everything, I'm just going to say you're probably wrong. There's so many things out there, uh, you know, even like this program that you're talking about, the Com- Compassion uh, for Heroes, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, Companion for Heroes. Right. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's so many organizations out there that are yeah. doing great things for veterans at, at oftentimes free or no or, or very little cost. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just a matter of figuring out where they are. And, and so I like to highlight those organizations as well. Scott, I think you're doing the Lord's work. Uh, this is great stuff. Do you um, do, do you hear Stephen talking to you? Do you hear his voice? You know, I I for a, a while I, I felt like you know uh, he was he was still here you know with mm-hmm. me you know it's one of those those things and and I think over time it that that sort of fades but I I still look at his picture and I still hear his laugh and I still <laughs> uh, you know can hear some of the jokes that that he's told and you know I. I, I, I laugh at that, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll watch the videos of you know that we had as as kids growing up, or you know even as adults, just you know the shenanigans that he would he would get into, and uh, you know he, all the funny things that he would do because he was he was a practical jokester, and he he liked to uh, like to make just make things fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I look at this picture and I and I laugh sometimes, and <laughs> you know some people might might think I'm crazy at laughing at my dead brother's picture but it's no, no, it, no. It, it it brings a smile to my face when i when i see that, his picture and i see his smile and hear his laughter that's the way it ought to be uh that's the way it ought to be right. and and and, uh, and because uh those are those are great memories and that's how you remember your 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 treasured sibling uh, beloved brother were you tw- were you twins What's, what's no, he? we weren't twins we we're uh three years apart so okay. he was 25 when he was killed i was I was uh, 28, so okay, um, the older brother. You know, we we're we we're so young. You know, at, at, oh, at that point in life. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we just did a series with a, a wonderful lady that lives nearby here, named Lisa Freeman. She's a Gold Star mom, and her husband, her her, uh, her um, son Matthew, was a captain in the Marines. was uh, was killed in Viet in uh, in, in uh, Afghanistan. And uh, she started the Matthew Freeman Project, where because uh, he had wanted her to get uh, school supplies for kids over there. You know, they think that a pencil is magic. They never had a stick that made that you could oh, write with. I mean, the things like that. That's that far behind. But well, uh, believe me, you're doing the Lord's work, Scott. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Um, as I said, from an old Signal Corps captain, my my, my military uh, service was totally unspectacular, and I got the I got one 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 decoration. You know, the, the National Defense Medal. You get that for showing up. Uh, you're welcome. 
but uh, you know, I was chairborne all the way. So I um, I appreciate everything that that you continue to do. Are you living in Arizona now? Yes, I'm living in Arizona now. Originally from Connecticut, but living in Arizona now. Uh, and uh, in, enjoying the heat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have plenty of it in Savannah, so come see us. And it's a lot. I got a lot more moisture in it. So, <laughs> you'll, yeah, I'm uh, sure. Would, would love to roll out the red carpet for you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Uh, thank you for your service to our country, and thank you for your time this morning. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Scott. Right, I can't wait to read the book. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.